Yeah. <laughs> right? There you go. What's up, everyone? This is Paul Pasolakis with Not So Live on Real Estate. Uh, I've got Darren Petterfee. You got it, Paul. Did, did I nail it? You nailed it. Uh, Darren Petterfee. It's just us. Just us, Everybody man. else flaked out on us today. Hey, you know what? They can't hang. So, so we are Not So Live on Real Estate, your source for everything uh, real estate and mortgage related. Uh, Darren uh, is a director of operations at the Janiga Group over in Novi Keller Williams. Correct. That's um, right. that you spent a lot. You, you've actually spent time in the appraisal business. Yep, about twenty-five uh, years. Logistics. Yep. Uh, and you really understand the market in a lot of different ways, which I think is valuable. But you, I mean, you've got just a lot of experience in the industry, right? Across the board, uh, between mortgage, real estate, and uh, uh, appraisal, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting, right? And then, Darren, you're going to obviously talk to us about how to get your home ready for sale, how to price your home correctly, which I think is right up your alley. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. We've got a few headlines we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Redfin. They're starting a mortgage division. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Housing Wire did a, a, a survey on the nation's top mortgage lenders to reveal their success. We'll talk a little bit about what they think makes them successful. And I do want to talk about, this comes up all the time, does it make sense to pay points? So I want to put that to rest. I want our listeners to know does it make sense? Does it not make sense? And I'm going to break it down, and, and we'll talk about it. But uh, it'll be it'll be a good topic of conversation. But first and foremost, uh, Darren, obviously with your extensive background, um, talk talk to me a little bit about how you got into the industry, um, what you like about the industry. Obviously, it's it's drawn you. You've been in it for a while. So talk to me a little bit about your background. Well, you know, I started out uh, as an appraiser, um, learned the business that way, started out a little differently, uh, opened my own business, hired okay. an appraiser, you know, just kind of the gist of it. And uh, spent a lot of years, uh, you know, just understanding the market. Right. Um, then obviously when the boom hit, you know, opened up a real estate company, had a, had a small mortgage company. You did? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I got, a, right. I got a snippet of knowledge. So you're in mortgages too? Well, I, yeah. Yeah. Like enough a, to make me dangerous. You're like a jack of all trades. That's awesome. <laughs> Master of none, clearly. <laughs> That's awesome. So- uh, Darren, obviously, one of the topics that I think is near and dear to your heart is how do you get your home ready for sale and how do you price it correctly in this market where you're not overpricing it? Obviously, it's a hot market, so everybody wants to get like top dollar for their house. They want to, like, you know, everybody thinks their house is it's their baby, right? They're worth a million dollars, it's worth a million dollars, and I'm not selling it unless I got X, exactly. Right? So, how do, you, how do you temper that? How do you talk about that? How do you price it right? And how do you get the home ready for sale? Well, pricing it right is obviously the, the number one key. You got to know your market and you got to know the time of the year that it takes. Okay. Uh, fall time is a different market than it is spring and summer. So you got to understand that going into the fall market, that things slow down, pricing is different, you know, appraisals are different, appraisers looking at comps are different, things of that nature. Really? Oh, absolutely. You th you, so you're saying seasonality actually affects the, the type of strategy? Absolutely, it does. So, so in the fall, in, in your opinion, what 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 is different? What what how do you how do you navigate that? Well, you know, you, your buyers are different. You're you know, everybody's wanting to you know, in the spring and summer, you got the excitement, the new new season, uh, people thinking you know, getting in before school starts, you know, making the move, selling their home, buying a new one. Once fall hits, it's a different mentality. They're already in school. They're already changing, you know, their their dynamics of their day. They're back to the grind, you know, things of that nature. So now there's serious buyers that are looking before Christmas. You right. Know, they're looking to get in before the holidays. And what that what does that look like? Their family parties, their their New Year's, all of that. There's a different motivation almost, right? Exactly. It's a different motivation. And your pool of buyers tends to shrink. Right. You know, so what we did have was 10, 15 buyers per home. Now we've got seven to eight. Now, granted, that's still great. Right. But 
you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, instead of having 10 multiple offers, now you've got four, which is fu- still fine. So let me ask you this. In a market that's already uh, lean on inventory, uh, does that play a role? I mean, do you see less inventory in the fall and winter months? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. The inventory is it, it's just a natural progression that people that did think about selling that maybe missed felt like they missed the window. Right. Um, now they'd say, oh, OK, we'll wait till after the holidays or we'll wait till after the spring when they perceive the market that's going to get better, um, which none of us actually know. You know, if I had a crystal ball, my God, I'd be a millionaire. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I mean, obviously, I mean, everybody you always hear it, right? Oh, I'm going to wait till the spring. I'm going to wait till the spring. I'm going to wait till the spring. But I always say, like, why why go to the, the – I, I mean, like, if, if there's a million people at a party, you get drowned out, right? Exactly. So in the winter and the in the fall months, there's there's less people at the party. You kind of stand out more, right? That's, I, I actually believe that you're going to get more percentage of your list price in the fall months. Because, because you have more serious bar- buyers, You've got right? more serious buyers, and you've got, you, you've got less comp- competition out there. Right. You know, so combine those together, instead of getting the 97% that, that – you know, we're used to uh, getting that. Now we're at 9,902, It's crazy. Which yeah. is which is great for the sellers. Right. So let me ask you this. Um, I want to sell my house. Mm-hmm. And I think my house is, house is worth 250000 But you're looking at it and you're like, man, <laughs> I mean, the, the comps, the, the other homes in the area that are similar are selling for about two twenty. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm the seller and I'm like, look, I've got a finished basement. I've got gold toilets. I, I put, you know, I, I've got my, my, my ceilings gilded in gold, right? Mm-hmm. How do you temper my expectation of what my home should sell for? And, and how do you show that seller the reality of how much their house is worth? Well, first you started by educating them. Right. You know, you sit with them, you talk with them. The advantage that we've got is I've been an appraiser, so I've sat on both sides of this this side of the fence. You know, uh, you, so uh, you appraisers, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, and I and that's the hardest part of this is you've got the real estate agents that want to price the house for the highest dollar you can get, but then you've got the appraisers that are looking at it, saying, okay, you know, the bank wants the cheapest price, right? So you've got to balance that out somehow, and you got to educate your seller what that ba- what that delicate balance is, pricing it right. That's at the top end of the market without going too high that the home won't appraise anyway and then the deal ends up falling apart. Right. So it's all about education. It's all about spending the time with them. Uh, it's not just about numbers. It's about people. And they've got a they've got an emotional connection to their their gold toilets and their gold gilded <laughs> ceilings. Um, you know, Paul, you overbuilt for the area. You yeah. know, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's just about education. And once you educate them and they and you be kill, you know, just talk with them yeah a lot of people understand that they know you know they have an emotional connection to it which in, in inherently invade raises the value in right. their mind but right. on the other end of it once they understand they understand how you determine that and what and talk about all the sales and all the listings and what they're up against in the market it changes everything so what do you do and, and i know this is happening a lot and i know we're kind of going into this quite a bit but i i do want to dig into it what do you do when when you price a home and this is the kind of the other end of the spectrum at two hundred thousand, and it's hot, it's a hot house, and it, it and, and multiple offers. Now you're at two thirty accepted offer, mm-hmm. but the house isn't going to appraise for that much, right? Yep. So, I mean, how do you temper that expectation? What do you do to protect the seller in the, in the event? Because the bank, just so everybody knows, the bank or the lender will not lend more than the home appraises for. So let's say the home, it, it, the, the purchase price is two thirty, the appraisal comes in at two twenty. 
Well, that's the purchase price, and anything above and beyond that has to be settled with between the seller and the buyer on the outside of the transaction, basically. Correct. So when we take multiple offers in that situation, to help protect our seller and to protect the market and to protect the home, we have, when they have the multiple offer scenario, we have them do an appraisal guarantee. And yeah. that way, hey, prices, the ho- price of the home is 200 Everybody got into this bidding war. It's at 230 Guess what? If you're going to put an offer in at 230 you need to have an appraisal guarantee up to 30000 If it appraises at 220 great. Then they only have ten grand that they've got to put in. But... You know, if it appraises at two hundred, they're still on the hook for the other thirty grand, and they have to know that going in, right? You know, ahead of time. Otherwise, what's what's, what's the point? But what's the point? And everybody would just throw ridiculous offers just five hundred thousand, right? Just then, to get the house you know and then negotiate it back down, right? So, but it, but I, now, I feel like that's a tactic. It is a tactic, and that's why we started doing the appraisal guarantee, right? Because the market was so hot, everybody was just throwing ridiculous offers out there, and then figured we'll negotiate it later on. Yeah. Well, no. Now we're going to make them do an appraisal guarantee that says, hey. You're on the hook for this, so how serious are you? Yeah, you know. Now you start getting more realistic offers that people are willing to, you know, pay for. Yeah, just to give you an example, I did an appraisal appraisal guarantee. Uh, I bought my house for, uh, I I offered 15k over ask and with a ten thousand dollar appraisal guarantee. Well, sure enough, I got hit right on that ten thousand. It had come in lower or higher, so you know. But you've got to be prepared for that. Yes, I wanted the house. I got aggressive. And that's another thing. I mean, if you do find a house in this market, being that it is very competitive, I do believe you've got to get aggressive and go after it. You shouldn't let that just go away. Because if you find the right house, it's difficult to, to replace that. It's not only difficult to replace it, you've got nine other people that are making offers on the same thing because it's the perfect house for them, too. Yeah, if you so, like it, everybody likes it. Exactly. Right? You know, So you've got to be prepared. I've got people making offers on homes they've never even seen. They're yeah. looking at pictures yeah. online and that's what have it you. Is, yeah. Because it's, it's happening so fast that by the time people get out of work and try to get over to look at a house, it's gone. Yeah. You know, they got six offers on the house, you know, and, and they're all set. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about Redfin. Mm-hmm. So Redfin, for our listeners, is a company, a technology company that basically, is that a bell? Yeah, I hear a bell. Cowbell. Uh, it's more good. bell. It's a, more, we, need, we need more cowbell. We need more bell. <laughs> uh, so Redfin is a. That's uh, interesting. We, we work in a very interesting place. Dan. Yes. Uh, technology company. They really went into real estate. I mean, they've got a website. It's very much like Zillow and Realtor.com. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is they're actually a real estate company. Correct. And the whole point of what they're trying to do is make it basically easier for a, a buyer to buy a home online, uh, get an agent that's signed up with Redfin. And I think it's a reduced yep. commission, correct? Correct. So, And you might have a different agent every time you go look at a house, right? So yes. you don't have like one set agent. It's just about like, I, I like this house. I want to go see it. This guy's assigned. Let's go look at it, right? Exactly. So, it's the, cool. so the service piece kind of, you, you don't have gone, gone right? Yeah. You, you're just, it's a transaction. Exactly. And, so, you, and it's a flip of the coin of who you're going to get and when you're going to get them. You never know. You yep. don't You don't actually have an agent that's assigned to you. Correct. You right. don't, you, yeah, you have somebody that legally is working for you, but there's no relationship there. No relationship. Right. So now uh, Redfin, uh, they started a mortgage division. Let's, why not? Let's just hey, do mortgages. It's, sure. not, it's not a complicated transaction. Yeah. Let's, make it, let's make it even more complicated. So now uh, <laughs> they started in Texas and they're moving into Illinois. Obviously, to be a lender, you've got to get licensed in every state. So it looks like they're moving state by state. How do you feel about this whole – look, I get it, right? Technology needs to be embraced on some level. 
But I, when you start mixing technology and losing service is where I don't agree with it. Absolutely. I think technology should enhance service yes. and enhance the process. Um, I, I, I believe very strongly in the real estate agent. I believe very strongly in the human loan officer. But in this world where we're moving to a technology-based, millennial, very quick, fast food type uh, thing, yeah. how do you compete with that? When, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Are you competing? Well, you are because, I mean, let's face it. The appraisal industry, 20 years ago, everybody said the appraisals are going to go away. Everything's going to go electronic. Yeah, they're not. So it couldn't. They tried it, and they couldn't because the data wasn't there to be able to comp- support it accurately. Right. Same thing in this scenario. Technology is just a tool in your tool belt, no different than a hammer or nail to a, to a contractor. Right. You know. So while it's great, it's never going to replace the human body. It's never going to replace the interaction, the relationship, um, You know, and even being able to just sit there and have a conversation about an opinion that a person may have about a house. It's just Technology weird. can't do that. No. They I can't mean, tell it, you, I like the wallpaper, or I like the wall colors, or the floor plan. Right. You can't tell you that. It right. just says, here it is, and here's what our analytics say about it. So you totally, in my opinion, you lose the service aspect. You lose totally the uh, professionalism, because it is yep. just a transaction now, mm-hmm. right? So it'd be almost like getting rid of waiters or waitresses, right, at a high-end restaurant. You got it. Could you imagine going into a really high-end restaurant and, you know, a, a, you get handed a, an iPad and you just order? Well, not only just order, but then there's a conveyor belt that just Brings runs right next year and they just put it on a plate and it stops at table nine and you reach over and grab your own stuff. And you right. know, you get, imagine if Ruth Chris started doing that. Right. But my favorite part about going to a restaurant is hey, man, uh, what's good today? You know, I mean, what's what's on the menu that you suggest? What's different? What, mm-hmm. What's a good pairing with this steak or whatever, right? Sometimes you want, like, you really, I crave that interaction because I like being guided. Well, yeah, and let's face it, we're not all experts about everything. No, I don't you know, know. We I don't know anything them. about wine. Exactly. We expect <laughs> them to be experts at it, you know, right. or at least have a better knowledge than we do. Right. That's why we go there. Right. Otherwise, I just stay home and cook my own, you know, steak and and figure out what wine to, to drink or not drink. Right. I, I mean, I think it works in some aspects, and I, I do believe that more and more technology is going to make the process easier. But I don't believe that removing the human element, in my opinion, it doesn't make sense. No, it no. doesn't. You know, and technology is only as good as is how we use it. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. Right. If we don't use it properly, it's a mute point anyway. It's got to accent. The, it's got to be like like flavor like it's got to be just like on top of it's like spices yes, the, on on your food or frosting on the cake right exactly it should make it better and enhance it so right. that's that's interesting so here's another interesting uh, article Housing Wire put out uh, they did a poll for from for some of the nation's top mortgage lenders to reveal what they believe is their success and this kind of goes hand in hand with this whole Redfin thing so. Loan Depot, Flagstar, and our and our one of our good partners, United Wholesale Mortgage, uh, here in Troy, they all tout service. Oh. They, they all say that that our service is our competitive advantage. What we provide to our client and provide them very good service is what make they, they didn't talk about technology, they didn't talk about their rates, they didn't talk about their fees. None of that that's not what they tout as being their success. So this kind of goes back to the Redfin thing, right? Correct. It is the service. That that they're providing and creating raving fans. I don't I don't I don't think it's possible to do that without having an acute attention to detail on a human level. Well, technology can't get people excited to a certain degree. You know, oh, that's kind of neat or what have you. Right. People get people excited. Yeah, emotion drives emotion. Exactly. And we're we're not robots. We're emotional human beings. You, you are kind of. I am very. You're, 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 you're an operations guy. Let's not lie. You are. A robot. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, you've got to have that that yeah. interaction. You've got to be able to have those highs and lows and excitements and and which is why we all interact with people to begin with. Yeah. You know, people if, if they didn't have that or didn't crave that, they just sit in a room by themselves and do their job without ever ever interacting with people. Yeah. And, and it's that's just not how we're industry. built. It's a people yes. industry. It's a service industry. It's 100%. Top to bottom. I don't care what piece of the puzzle you're in. It's a service industry. It's an interaction with people helping other people. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just really interesting in this in this day and age where, you know, you've got Amazon Prime and you've got all these different things and you know, you've got millennials and they're 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 interacting less and less with people. And the only thing that I think could change in our in our in our world is when these kids grow up and they don't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. I worry about that. Oh, I, I worry about it every day. You know what I mean? I yeah, got, I got young kids. You get them sitting there texting each other in the same room. In the same room. In the same across the table. Right, sending emojis <laughs> of smiling, but not smiling. Exactly. Like I'm laughing at your joke, but I'm not really laughing. Right. I'm just sitting here, emotionless, emotionless, <laughs> talking through my computer. Right. How odd is that? Very. But it's normal now. Yeah, it's very normal. It's crazy. I, I mean. I, I, look, there, there is change happening. There is more of a push towards technology. I mean, pretty soon you're going to see a lot of artificial intelligence doing a lot of things, and you might end up talking to a computer that you think is a human. One day. Think about that. That's insane. I mean, that's going to be wild. Um, all right. Here's, a, here's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Does it make sense to pay points on a mortgage transaction? And, and Darren, I, I know you're in the industry, so we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about it. I just want to put this to rest because I, I think what there's some, some misconceptions on what points are. Points are prepaid interest on the front end of the mortgage transaction that basically helps you reduce your overall interest rate uh, for the life of the loan. So you're, you're basically prepaying some interest. Now, the, the, what people don't understand is one point is 1% of the loan amount, meaning that's how much it costs. Right. So you have a $100,000 loan, one point is 1000 bucks. Yep. But that does not equate to 1% in reduction, meaning... That if you pay a point, you don't go from four and a half to three and a half. Right. Right. And that's a misconception. You might go from four and a half to four point three. Right. And you might pay, you know, if your loan amount's three hundred thousand, you might pay three thousand dollars to save fourteen bucks a month. Yep. Or whatever it may be. So here's I'm gonna tell you, and I mean you probably hear this all the time. I wanna pay points, I wanna get the lowest interest rate. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gotta make financial sense. Meaning that if you can recoup your costs within three years. I'm good with it. Absolutely. Right? So if you pay a point or two points and you pay 5000 bucks, but your savings are $200 a month, it's pretty much worth it, right? You're going to mm-hmm. recoup that investment as right. long as you stay in the house for X amount of years. Correct. If it takes you five years to recoup that cost, I mean, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. Do you? The average person doesn't stay in a house five years anymore. Correct. What is it, 3.8 years or right. something like that right now? Right. So, you know, what's the, yeah, it, every situation obviously is different. But, yeah, most for most people nowadays, it doesn't make sense. Yes. So easy rule of thumb, guys, uh, and I get this question quite a bit, is, listen, if it takes you three or less years to recoup your costs, I'm okay with it because you're probably going to break even at the very least, right? Right? Or, or, be, or, 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 or be ahead. Um, if it takes you longer, you got to think about it, right? It's like hot, warm, cold, right? Hot's two years, warm's three years, four, five, six, seven years to recoup your costs. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't make financial sense, right? Right. So it's all about your initial investment and how do you recoup them? Recouping it, your timeline, 
and, and what your what your overall plan is. Yeah. You know, if your if your plan is this is a stopgate for a few years, absolutely not. Yeah. But you know, if this is a this is your retirement home and you're going to be there for the next fifteen years and you can recoup your costs in three years, okay. You know, it's it all, makes sense. All about the recoup. I yep. mean, and that and that's like any investment, right? Yeah, absolutely. What's your rate of return on, on investment? And that's really what you got to look at. So don't get so stuck on the on the interest rate thing. Um, look, interest rates are are they are they are what they are, and they're very low. So take advantage. Yep. But, but I know you're, everybody's trying to squeeze a little bit more. But if it doesn't make sense, you got to get some good advice. Deal with a good loan officer, mortgage company, and, and figure that out. Darren, talk to me a little bit about the Janica Group. Well, you know, um, we're we're a division of Keller Williams over in Novi. We've been in uh, in operation now for for uh, twelve years. Twelve um, years. Twelve years. Don't yep. don't 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 age yourself, bud. <laughs> I know it. I know. It. Well, if I told you how long I'd actually been in this business, I'd really age myself. Yeah, let's but not hey, go there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, we specialize in uh, in, in helping individuals sell their home. Um, you know, it, it, that's that's what we've done. Uh, we've done it for a long time. We've taken many homes that uh, other agents just simply weren't able to sell. And a uh, um, little creative mar- marketing, some different photographs, some, uh, some, some different presentation, and bam, you know, house is off the market and, and, uh, and ready to go. So you guys are super proficient in taking a home that potentially is stale, that hasn't been selling, and being able to turn that around, which isn't easy. That's not easy. Because people have seen this house. Yep. It's been on the market. And here's what happens mentally to as a, from a buyer standpoint. They see a house sit there for a little bit. They're like, "What's wrong with it?" It's market worn. Right. That's what they call it, market worn. What's wrong with it? And now, if I got, if I were to buy that house, I want a deal. Yeah, I'm not. Really, I'm not paying full price. This thing's been sitting there for four months. You got it right. Yeah, and anything over 30, 45 days nowadays is like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Exactly, especially in this market. So, how do you take that situation and turn that around? Well, you know, it, it's there's several factors that go into that. One is pricing. You know, double check and make sure the price is right. Right. Uh, two, stage the house. Make sure it's properly staged. Make it look right. I can't tell you how many houses that we've gone in and the previous you know listing had photos of people in it, and cats, cats, and, and people eating in cereal in the background. Exactly. <laughs> you know, in the kitchen's a disaster. <laughs> what are you and, doing? Declutter. You know, exactly. Yeah. Declutter the house. Clean stuff up. Take some. Depersonalize it a little bit. Yeah. You know, so that people can see themselves in the home. Right. They don't want to see you in the home. They want to see themselves. They don't want to see the picture of, of grandma over the mantle. Exactly. Right? Or or the urn on the mantle no, that, yeah, you know, is grandma going to stay? It's creepy. It's just creepy. <laughs> so you got to stage it right. You yeah. Know? yeah. So between pricing, staging, professional photos, you know, a lot of agents go out there and they, they take their iPhone and... You know, and, and that's their photo of the house. Um, you know, and, and I, I, we've got one right now that we're taking. It's a seven hundred eighty thousand dollar listing it, that they had six six photos of the house. All, six, all, I, six, with an iPhone, and I mean, you could tell it was on a on a house that 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 and that price price exactly. point's crazy. It's insane. You got to give people a visual description of the home. Not only are you giving them a written description, you got to vis- give them a visual description. They have to be able to see themselves there. They have to see the every nook and cranny as you turn the corner. What's it look like? What's, you know, when I end, walk into a grand entry, what does that feel like? Yeah. And they got to be able to feel that because in today's market, houses are moving so fast. People are buying houses without even looking at them again. Yeah, the you pictures know? are important, man, because every that's the first. Your, fir- I mean, that's like your first impression. Exactly. It'd be like going to an interview and wearing like sweats. Yep. Right. You're not going to go to an interview where I mean, you want to you want to show your best face at that point in time, right? Yep. Exactly. So you know, you got to put your first your best foot forward first. Yes. You know, and when people are looking at these homes, you know, you, you got to give them that that warm and fuzzy again. They have to feel themselves. They have to feel themselves there. So yeah. it's just part of the difference. Um, making sure it's priced right. Making sure the comps are there to support it. Um, when we do have offers on the home, 
you know, making sure that we go out and meet the appraiser, you know, making sure that... That's you a know, big deal. Can we talk about that? Ex- Can oh, we just gosh. talk about that? You know how many agents do not meet the appraiser? At all. They, they hope in a whim. No, you got to go there. Just so people understand, when, when you're selling your house, the, the appraiser coordinates it with the selling agent, your yep. agent, right? Correct. And the agent has the opportunity at that point to meet the the uh, appraiser. And you can't sway them or talk, but, but you could say, hey... Look, I've got these comps. This is what I'm using. You know, just for your information, let me know if you need any help with anything. Yeah. I'm here to help out, and that help, an appraiser actually appreciates that. Correct, right? Absolutely, because you know now that make sure two eyes, two sets of eyes are better than one. Right. You know, did he miss a half bath? Did he miss a you know a, a, an extra rec room above the garage that he thought was a storage room? You know, right. Whatever the case may be, making sure that he knows that the updates. Here's the updates. Here's a, we make sure that we give the uh, appraiser a list of the updates. That's awesome. You know, homeowner says, "Hey, you've got new windows two years ago. Got a new roof, you know, a month ago. Whatever the case is, that way he's got it black and white, tangible. He can read it while he's going. He or she. Yeah. <laughs> it's be sexist now. That's Come on right. Here. So yeah, you know, in which I think that is a huge piece of this puzzle, is being aggressive to sell the house. There's yes. a big difference between listing it and throwing in the MLS and hoping in a prayer. And being aggressive and actually selling your home. Being a professional. Being a professional. Right? Exactly. Darren, tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you if they need to. Oh, they can reach us at 888-98-HOMES. They can visit us. Is that your number? Absolutely. 888-98-HOMES. You got it, buddy. That's a pretty good number, man. That's a really great number. Wow. I was pretty excited. That's hard to get. It's very hard to get. Interesting. You know? Timing's everything, man. <laughs> so 888-98-HOMES for yep. the Janica Group. For the Janica Group. Website? Uh, you can, websites, janicagroup.com. Okay. Um, you want to visit some properties that are uh, available before the rest of the market can see them, comingsoonmichigan.com. Nice. Got a, got a bunch of properties there before they're they're ready to hit the market, before other agents see them or anything else. Gives those uh, buyers a competitive edge and the sellers a competitive edge to move the house right away. That's awesome, man. So yeah. you guys have a coming soon pre-market kind of like pocket listing website where you can kind of find homes that are not even on the market yet. You got it. That's hot. Yeah. That's know, hot. It's available. And, and uh, um, or you can email us at sales at com. There we go. Darren, thank you so much. Not really, a problem. Paul, really Paul, like, thanks for having me. This is a good song. Oh, jam it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this has been Not So Live on Real Estate. Thank you for listening. I have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs>